This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Mikhail Gorbachev, the Soviet Union's last leader, died in hospital in Moscow aged 91. As president, he launched a set of policies known as Perestroika and Glasnost, aimed at opening the Soviet economy and democratizing its politics. Mr. Gorbachev also cultivated warmer relations with the West and supported communist reformers in Central and Eastern Europe. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1990 and reluctantly watched the Soviet Union collapse in 1991. Ukraine claimed to have destroyed bridges across the Dnieper River in its counteroffensive in the Russian-occupied region of Kherson and to have pushed into the Eastern Front as well. Meanwhile, UN inspectors set out from Kiev, Ukraine's capital, to visit the Zaprosia nuclear plant, though Ukrainian officials accused Russia of trying to sabotage the mission. At a meeting in Prague, European Union defense ministers considered a proposal to train Ukrainian troops, which America, Britain, and several EU countries are already doing. The European Union voted not to impose a blanket ban on visas for Russians. Some member states, such as the Czech Republic and Denmark, have been pressing for such a measure. But others opposed it. Germany and France warned it could alienate future generations of Russians. EU ministers voted instead to suspend a visa facilitation agreement with Russia, which had made visa issuance easier. SNAP said it will lay off a fifth of its 6,400-person staff and cancel various projects in an effort to cut costs. Evan Spiegel, the social media firm's boss, said year-over-year revenue growth was 8% this quarter, well below forecasts made at the start of the year. SNAP's share price, which is down by nearly 80% since January, perked up on the news. Taiwan warned on Wednesday it would counterattack Chinese forces that entered its territory and refused to leave. China has increased its military drills around Taiwan following the recent visit of Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives. On Tuesday, the self-governing island, which Beijing claims as its own, fired warning shots at a Chinese drone for the first time. The average life expectancy of Americans fell from 79 to 76 between 2019 and 2021, the largest two-year decline in nearly a century. The drop was caused primarily by the COVID-19 pandemic. Native Americans and Alaska Natives saw particularly high reductions. In 2021, A newborn child on average expect to live to 65, down from around 71 in 2019. Microsoft provoked ferocious responses from Alphabet and Amazon after it offered a new policy in answer to EU antitrust regulators, who were keen to curb the tech giant's market power. A software licensing program could benefit consumers who subscribe to both Microsoft's software and its cloud storage, 
and make it easier, the firm claims, for customers to switch providers. Its rivals think that bundling its services will have the opposite effect. And fact of the day. $465 million. The rumored price tag of The Rings of Power. A new drama based on the Lord of the Rings books. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Russia rallies its troops for war games. Russian troops are in short supply, with the Kremlin struggling to find sufficient men to send into harm's way in Ukraine. But that has not stopped the Russian army from scraping together enough soldiers for a week-long joint exercise. The quadrennial Vostok, East, war games, in Russia's eastern military district, which includes Siberia, begins on Thursday. It will supposedly include 50,000 military personnel, 140 aircraft, and 60 ships, though Russia has been known to exaggerate these figures. The involvement of China and a dozen other countries, including India, is a gratifying sign of diplomatic solidarity for the Kremlin. Russia's Pacific Fleet will conduct drills with China's People's Liberation Army Navy in the Sea of Japan, building on their first-ever joint patrol in October. But China is more circumspect where it counts. Russia's request for arms and ammunition to be deployed in Ukraine have come to naught. An EU Embassy in Silicon Valley on Thursday, the European Commission, the executive branch of the European Union, opens its first office in San Francisco, a diplomatic mission of sorts to work with Silicon Valley's firms. It is a timely move as the EU prepares to enforce the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act, two ambitious new laws for the Internet approved by the European Parliament in July. Gerard de Graff, a senior bureaucrat who oversaw the drafting of the legislation, will head the San Francisco office. Whether he will be treated as the EU's plenipotentiary is another question. Firms like Alphabet, Apple, and Meta, nay, Facebook, may prefer to deal directly with Brussels, where each employs hordes of lobbyists. At any rate, the new office formalizes what has been a reality for some time. In many ways, tech giants are much like big virtual nations and need to be dealt with as such. That includes maintaining diplomatic relations. Bar Fight in India Delhi's muggy monsoon season leaves many craving a drink, but finding one in India's capital has become difficult. For the past month, most of its privately run booze stores have been shut as national officials pursue a corruption probe into the city's new alcohol policy. On Thursday, sales are due to resume, but only in government-run shops. That will be a relief for tipplers, but a disappointment for the Ahmadmi Party, which runs Delhi's city government and is emerging as a significant opposition force to the Bhartiya Janta Party, India's ruling party. The AAP had hoped that allowing private stores to sell alcohol 
and introducing a new excise policy would clean up the businesses and yield more in tax. But the BJP accused AAP leaders of benefiting personally from privatization, prompting a U-turn. The AAP is taking the fight outside. Arvind Kejrial, the party's leader, has accused the BJP of corrupting and promoting lethal, illegal liquor in Gujarat, a western state where booze is banned and elections are due in December. Meta closes its crypto wallet. Facebook's parent company, Meta, is giving up on its cryptocurrency business. Things were already looking bumpy in January when DM, a much-scrutinized cryptocurrency backed by Facebook and formerly known as Libra, sold its assets for $182 million. On Thursday, Novi, Facebook's cryptocurrency wallet, will be folded away less than a year after its launch. That is because the once-lucrative coins lost their shine after a severe crypto market downturn this summer. Also, Meta's profits from its money-spinning advertising business are slipping as its user base stagnates and competition from TikTok stiffens. Facebook is thus refocusing on the hype of the metaverse, hence its new company name. Novi is not the only initiative affected. Next month, the American company will close its standalone gaming app, which failed to take on Twitch, Amazon's video game streaming giant. Until Meta can revive its ad business or make money from the metaverse, other side projects will be at risk of the chop too. Australia needs its migrants back. Australia depends on immigrants more than most rich countries. Almost one-third of its population of 26 million was born overseas. But it now needs more after an estimated 600,000 immigrants who would have moved to Australia were kept out by pandemic lockdowns, according to CEDA, an economic think tank. Australia reopened its borders in February, but unemployment stands at just 3.4%, and companies are struggling to find staff. On Thursday, the Labour government, which took office in May, meets unions and business lobbies to discuss the tight labour market. The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, may boost the annual quota for permanent migrants from 160,000 to 200,000. Such moves are uncontroversial down under, where work visas are carefully distributed under a points-based system that balances openness with selectivity. But a visa processing backlog means that immigrants will not return as quickly as Australia would like. It will be at least 2024 before the numbers are back. Daily Quiz our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent 
on Saturday. Thursday. The annual general meeting of Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, is held in which city? Wednesday. Katanas and Dows are Asian versions of which type of weapon? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sir Richard Steele, who died on this day in 1729. Reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.